0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the football fanatics. I got Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can get him at Dave underscore Essler. The bookie assassin is here. The Hitman, you guys can find him at Hitman428. Stats and information guru, Dan Rivera. You guys can get him, Dan Rivera, 228. And... Chris Dell, the Mad Journalist, you guys can get him at Mad Journalist, M-A-D-D, Journalist. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Also got Jay Smooth, Mackenzie Rivers, and I do have a play from Bernie Frato. Have no audio from Bernie, but Bernie did send me his best bet. We'll get into that, guys. We got the NFL divisional round playoffs here. We got four games we're going to go through. Probably should be a pretty quick podcast here. I want to start out here with Saturday. So will be a four thirty-five Eastern start time. We got the Rams at my Green Bay Packers. Packers going to be minus six and a half. Total forty-five and a half. Uncle Dave, I'm coming to you first. Rams Packers. You have a best bet in this one. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I, I do, and I'll probably be in the minority, at least the public minority. And in fairness, I bet this at seven, which is gone, but it may come back. And you know, I look at the Rams in non-division games. They only lost one game by more than a touchdown. It was that debacle in Miami, and you know. Say, as you might see Jalen Ramsey on Adams. I know Adams is Adams, but Ramsey is only allowing 37 yards per game to opposing receivers and six yards per target. You know, is he going to negate Adams? Probably not. But, you know, postseason last year, Adams had 300 yards and the Packers still didn't advance. And you look at Adams, he plays 25% of his games against two of the three worst pass defenses in the league. And of course, the Rams are not just a pass defense, they're 410 rushing yards per play. And I look at a couple of things, a lot of maybes, you know, does does rest equal rush for the Packers? It may be. Are the Packers, think, uh, are the Packers thinking a little about playing Breeze or Brady? Maybe. Um, is Lambeau with 6,000 fans a little bit less intimidating? Maybe. Do wins of 10 to 20 affect the Packers more than the Rams? Maybe. I just think there's too many maybes equal one big thing. And, you know, the Rams do know how to win. They're not that far removed from a Super Bowl. So I bet the Rams plus six and a half, bet them plus seven, Plus six and a half now. Sorry about
0: that. Over the Packers. All right, Uncle Dave's going to go against my Green Bay Packers. Let's see what the Hitman has for this one. Rams Packers. What are you thinking, Hibby?
2: So I do think that number is more likely than not going to go back to seven. So if if you are listening and you see a six and a half, I would I would hold out to see if you get that plus seven. But um, if it does go to seven, definitely my numbers support the Rams. I'm at like about five and a half on this game. So theoretically if if it does hit 7 I, I should be making a play on the Rams and I'll, as I said I'll lean that way, but what's keeping me off right now is the fact that Jared Goff has played 5 games in weather less than 40 degrees in his entire career. He has an under 50% completion percentage, 5 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 6 yards per attempt. Not good. Rodgers in cold weather, 10 and 0 straight up. When the temperature is freezing. He has a twenty-six, he has twenty-six touchdowns to one interception. So I think that the colder this game is, the more it's gonna benefit Green Bay. And because of that factor, that's likely gonna make what would have been a play on the Rams to a lean.
0: The hitman will go ahead and lean to the Rams. Chris, how about you? You got any player props your eyeball for this one?
3: Yeah, Sleepy, I don't know if I would call this a best bet, but it's the prop that I like the most so far, and it's around Rams running back Cam Akers, and this guy's been an absolute bell cow this last month, really. I mean, you saw him get banged up a couple weeks ago towards the end of the regular season, but going up against one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL, and I know the Packers have a chance to jump out ahead and and play from ahead in this game. You know, the point total implies that, but I'm more with Uncle Dave on this side where if I had to take a side – I would definitely lean towards the Rams. I actually like the Rams in a teaser. I, I think the Sheeps player, the chalky player of the week is going to be teasing the Packers down close to a pick 'em. I would rather tease the, the Rams up to, you know, if you could get plus 13 or do a seven point teaser to plus 13 and a half, just somewhere around there. Cause I, I think this defense is legit. I'm not going to say they're going to absolutely shut down Devonte Adams and Rodgers, but they're going to give Rogers a really tough time. The fact that left tackled uh, David Batiari is going to be out for this game. So all those reasons point to me is that Cam Akers will have success both on the ground and through the air. And the Packers are actually one of the bottom teams in terms of allowing receiving production to running backs. So, my favorite prop right now Cam Akers over 14 and a half receiving yards. The last two games, he's had 97 receiving yards and has caught all six of his targets. So, You know, averaging, you know, he has long catches of 44 yards and 38 yards in those two games. And if you look up back at the last four out of his last five games, he's had at least 22 receiving yards in four out of those five. So you're seeing Malcolm Brown not really be much, even a change of pace in this option, just really just more of a pure backup at this point. And we've seen in Sean McVay's history as the head coach here that this team likes to play, you know, like to give bell cow type of usage to the running backs, just like they did with Gurley before. So I think Cam Akers is starting to enter into that Todd Gurley type of bell cow running back in this offense here. So I would lean towards the over on his rushing as well at over 70 and a half, but I really do like the over 14 and a half receiving. And then just – I don't see any prop lines right now sleeping for Cooper Cup in this game, but he's going to benefit. You know, if he does wind up suiting up, I believe he will at this point. Uh, With Robert Woods seeing a lot of either Kevin King or Jair Alexander on the outside, I think Cooper Cup in the slot, that's an area you can attack this Packers secondary, especially if the Rams are going to be playing from behind – So those are the areas I like in this game. And and just last thing here, it's not a bet either way, but Devontae Adams does play over 25% of his snaps in the slot. And we've seen in in tough matchups in the past against quote-unquote shadow coverage cornerbacks, uh, you know, Bradley Roby from the Texans when he was playing, the Packers can scheme Devontae Adams to run in the slot over the middle of the field. So I think that'll be a way for him to get away from Jalen Ramsey, who's only shadowed four times this year. He's only shadowed against DK Metcalf and Mike Evans, so I, I don't expect to see Ramsey just in pure man-to-man coverage on Devontae for this game, but uh, Cam Akers, Cooper Cup, and then I think Devontae Adams is still a solid DFS option for this matchup.
0: All right, good stuff from Chris there. Hopefully, you guys can go ahead and find some props that uh, Chris touched on, and you guys can go ahead and get those wagers down. We have another best bet in this game. It's from Mackenzie Rivers. Let's go ahead and see what he has to say.
4: My best bet this week is the Green Bay Packers minus six and a half hosting the LA Rams. I know I kind of droned on last time for about five minutes. Ended up being a losing pick. I will not make that mistake. Two weeks in a row. I'm going with the Packers. Here's my analysis. Teams off a of bye, 63% in the playoffs the last five years. Six and two the last two years. How much of this is home, home crowd advantage? How much of this is home field advantage? How much is the rest of a, of a bye week? I think it's largely the latter. And thus, I think the Packers have a hidden advantage. Home teams in general the last five years, so all of those teams would have had a bye at some point, in the conference championship or the division round, 19 winners, only 10 losers, plus four ATS margin. Across the gambit, NFL teams, with the benefit of it at home, have done better, and especially the Green Bay Packers. Look, it's Lambeau Field. It's a cold, snowy night. A team from L.A. is not going to be as comfortable as Aaron Rodgers and the boys, and speaking of that team from the L.A. and the bad weather, Jared Goff, you might remember that cold, cold night in Chicago, 15-6, to 6, the Rams went down. That kind of popped the air out of the balloon of that McVay machine that year that they ended up making the Super Bowl. looked unbeatable through 10 weeks, not so much when they lost to the Chicago Bears. Jared Goff has played four games when the temperature's under 45 degrees. He's done worse as the temperature drops. He's 0-4 ATS. And the Rams, if you look at their relative team totals in those games, are underperforming by 10 points per game when it's cold. It's going to be 25. It's going to be really cold. For all those reasons and more, I like the Green Bay Packers, minus 6.5, best bet.
0: All right, guys, there's Mackenzie Rivers. He's going to go ahead and put his best bet on the Green Bay Packers, minus 6.5. I'd certainly like to hear that. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, being a Packers fan, you guys know know me <laughs> you know, long enough now that, that I'm not biased when it comes to my team, but I have a gut feeling that this is probably a bad matchup for the Rams with Rodgers. You know, the, the two things they do well, you know, they can guard your best wide receiver and they can also go ahead and they can rush the passer, but what Rodgers does best, and he's done this better than any quarterback in the league probably over the last 10 years. And that's getting rid of the ball quickly. And as Chris had just mentioned, you know, if you put Devontae in the slot, he's going to crush that Rams defense and they're not going to be able to stop Rodgers from, you know, pretty much just picking and popping up and down the field. And more than likely, that's what green Bay is going to do. And what they do is they, they pretty much just put your defense on the heels. And I I believe that, you know, the strength of that Rams defense is going to be negated. I don't even think it's going to be recognizable. I actually think this game's not even going to be that close. So, um, the fact that you like the, the tease Chris, uh, my immediate first thought was that um, Green Bay is probably going to end up covering this game by a good amount, and that even that tease might not even come in. And I was thinking about that yesterday, and I was thinking a little bit, you know, harder about you know what Rodgers may do, and that more than likely that's what we're going to see uh, because teams just can't stop it. So I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys the Packers. I don't want to go ahead and give out a best bet, but I'll give you guys Green Bay. Uh, I side here with McKenzie. Let's jump over to the Saturday night game. Should be an interesting one. Ravens at the Bills. Bills minus two and a half. Uh, there are some minus threes out there. Total 50. We have a best bet from Smoove in this one. We have a best bet from Dan in this one. We also have a retweet Army pick from Jeff Howell. I'm going to go ahead. and want to start out with Smoove's best bet. Let's go ahead and see what he has to say.
5: For my best bet in the division around weekend, I'm going to go to the Ravens and Bills game. I'm going to take the Ravens plus two and a half over the Bills. Now, over the last couple years, it's pretty crazy how similar these teams are coming into this matchup. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen were a part of the same draft class and have experienced the same type of success the last couple years. Now, last year, not many people expected the Ravens to be as dominant as they were throughout the season, but they finished the regular season with a 14-2 and record while Lamar Jackson won the MVP. And this year, not many people expected the Bills to play as well as they did, but they finished the regular season with a 13-3 record. And Josh Allen more than likely won't win the MVP, but he definitely had an MVP caliber season, throwing for 4,500 yards while completing 69% of his passes with a 7.9 yards per attempt, 37 touchdowns to only 10 picks, and a 107.2 QB rating while having an 81.7 QBR, which all stats ranked the top five or better. Also, both teams are coming into this matchup red hot, as the Ravens are 6-0 straight up and against the spread in their last six games, and the Bills are 6-0 straight up and 5-1 against the spread. So I think the winner for this matchup is going to come down to strength versus strength. And the Ravens, they're more explosive in the running game, averaging 191 yards per game on the ground that ranks first while the Bills rush defense is a slightly below league average giving up 120 yards on the ground so I expect the Ravens backfield and Lamar Jackson to move the ball on the ground and hit a few shots through the air with either Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews now the Bills have been a top offense all year relying more on their explosive passing game but the Ravens secondary has proven to be one of the best all year, only allowing teams to throw for 221 yards through the air that ranked 6th, and their top 10 in takeaways with 23 and allow opposing quarterbacks an 87.1 quarterback rating, which ranks 7th. It also has to feel good for the Ravens to beat the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year and beat them earlier this season while coming back from being down double digits when they were made out to be a team that couldn't play from behind. So I think they ride that momentum into this divisional showdown and put together a complete game on the way to the AFC Championship.
0: All right, guys, there's Jay Smoove. He's going to go ahead. He's going to play the Baltimore Ravens plus the two and a half points. You guys can get him at Smoove underscore 702. Uh, I don't want to say best of luck to Smoove, but I'm kind of on his side as well. I don't know. Something just it kind of stinks here when I look at the line. You know, if we go back and we look, you know, last week, the Ravens were laying three and a half points on the road and now they're getting two and a half points. You know, if this game was on a neutral field, like, you know, what would this line be like the line to me just doesn't make like that Ravens line last week, didn't make any sense to me. And this line doesn't make any sense to me again. And I was worried about that Tennessee team. And I said, you know, that that was probably going to end up being like the sheep's play of the week. And I like, I like Tennessee, you know, I was on them. And, you know, I fell into that trap. I don't want to fall into it again. So um, so I kind of lean here to the Ravens with smooth Dan, you have a best bet as well. What are you thinking?
6: My best bet and only bet for this podcast is J.K. Dobbins to score. J.K. Dobbins has scored a touchdown in the last seven games. The weather is supposed to be snowy, but nothing too outrageous. So I think they'll be able to run the ball here a bit. Dobbins is the clear goal line guy over to Edwards because of Dobbins' size and physicality. Baltimore, the last three games, has averaged 4.3 red zone trips per game in the season average of 3.7. Buffalo is number 24 in the NFL, giving up 3.7 red zone trips for the year. And the last three games are about 2.4 touchdowns in the red zone, making them number 26 for the year. Buffalo... Is DFL an opponent rushing touchdown percents at 46.81%? That is laughable to me. The Ravens will have several opportunities here to score touchdowns in this game, and Dobbins will have his chances. At a price of plus 120, I think this number is low and should be at least minus 110. For a guy who has been scoring the last seven weeks, from a team is showing they want him to score, best bet and only bet, J.K. Dobbins to score anytime touchdown plus 120.
0: All right, so there's Dan Rivera throwing you guys a curveball. He's going to go ahead and take a player prop. J.K. Dobbins will go ahead and score. Uh, I'm not against that pick, Dan. I think that's a half-decent one um, as well. How about you, Hitman? How are you feeling about that Ravens and Bills game?
2: Yeah, Sleepy. So a, a lot could change from now until Saturday. But at the moment, I, I, you know, I make the game what it is. I make it minus two and a half with Buffalo. I, I can make a case for both teams. Matchup wise, uh, the case I can make for the Bills is that Josh Allen's been really good against the blitz this year. The Ravens blitz at a league high forty four percent rate, and Allen this year eighteen touchdowns to so just two picks against the blitz. And Buffalo also they contained Lamar running last year. They they held Jackson to a second fewest amount of rush yards that he had during his MVP season last year. And then the, the argument that I could make for Baltimore is how red hot their offense has been. Last six games, 7.4, 6.8, 6.4, 6.5, 7.2, 6.3 yards per play. It's absolutely elite. So, you know, a lot of of, uh, cases can be made for both teams. So I think that you you just sit this one out and enjoy it.
0: More than likely, that's probably what I'm going to do, Hitman, sit this one out. Uh, I am rooting for the Bills, but My brain says that I probably should be betting on the Ravens in this one. How about you, Uncle Dave Ravens-Bills? What do you got?
1: Well, I like the Bills here, guys. I mean, you know, a lot of it is subjective and not stats, but sometimes you get into the playoffs and that's your fallback position. And, you know, all that talk before last week's Ravens game was about how, you know, Lamar couldn't win a playoff game. Well, you know, now he's done that. So kind of a maybe a little little less focused. I, I think two things about Buffalo, maybe three. You know, last week was the Bills' first playoff game in forever. So that's over with for them. And the Colts' offense isn't the Ravens' offense. I know the Ravens' offense is good, but the matchup-wise. So, you know, that outcome last week was fairly predictable, and the market said so all week. You know, then there's the recency bias. You know, I think if this game were played last week when the Ravens were still kind of an unknown, I know they put up all those stats and Hitman alluded to them, but, you know, I think they did it against some pretty shitty defenses. You know, and and, the, and back when the Bills were killing everybody, you know, I just think this line would be a little higher. So I think the Bills are a little undervalued and I'm not going to let one game affect the entirety. So I think taking the Bills money line at home just to win the game, I think that's an easy bet for me to make.
0: All right. So there's Uncle Dave. He's going to go a different direction here. He's going to take the Bills on the money line. Not a bad wager there. How about you, Chris? How are you feeling about that Ravens and Bills game?
3: Yeah, I, I agree 100% with Uncle Dave again in this game. We were talking – everyone was talking last week about the Bills being second to none outside of the Chiefs and being the best team in the league. Some people were even arguing that they could be better than the Chiefs. And be, and because we saw them have a close game against the Colts and plus with the Ravens kind of quote-unquote upsetting the Titans in that game there, you know, everyone is just changing their minds so fast. And I, I would just caution people to do that And the fact that, look – if you take away Lamar Jackson's 48-yard touchdown run, then you know these, these this Ravens offense scored 13 points against one of the worst defenses in the NFL in the Tennessee Titans. So I know, I know you can't take away that run from him cuz he he makes that play. He's that type of playmaker, but 17 for 24 with an interception for Lamar outside of that. If you look towards the end of that game, the egregious, absolutely terrible punt by Mike Vrabel which which should have easily led to a Titans win in the end. Not to mention on the last last play where Tannehill got picked off A.J. Brown was wide open down the left side of the field, didn't even look his way, winds up throwing over the middle of the field to a four-string receiver, gets an interception to end the game there. So I think that the Ravens are being extremely overvalued in this spot. I would lean towards the minus two and a half if I had to make a bet on the side, but I just think overall Lamar Jackson is going to continue to use his legs. The last two games – his last two playoff games now – He's had over 275 combined rushing yards. He's averaging over 90 to 95 rushing yards a game over the last month and a half since he returned from COVID, and yet the books have only adjusted the line just maybe one or two yards from what it was last week. We're seeing the over under 74 and a half. So last week, I was wrong. I bet the overs on Dobbins and Andrews because the matchups on paper against that Titans defense were there, and it was Lamar Jackson like it always is, and it was Marquise Brown. I'm going to, to Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to need to use his legs against an even more high-powered offense than we saw with Tennessee. So I like Lamar Jackson over 74 and a half. I do like the Bills uh, to win this game. And, and just Stephon Diggs, I think you got to lock him into your DFS lineups. But the prop line to me, I'm seeing 94 and a half right now. That's just way too high. So uh, there might be a few other props I put out for my player props calling for this game. But right now, to me, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it smart, play it safe. Lamar Jackson over 74 and a half rushing yards. I just want to say I want to go back to the well on Mark Andrews for a player prop in this game. And just to mention last week, Jack Doyle was like one of the big surprises. He caught nine. He got seven of nine targets for 70 yards. And if you look at the the Colts' three tight ends, they had 16 combined targets for 14 catches, 136 yards. So I think Mark Andrews is in a really prime spot here. Whereas Marquise Brown's going to see a lot of Tredavious White on the outside. So I think it's going to be more of a Mark Andrews game. I'm definitely going to be looking to the overs on his props as well against the Bills defense that has struggled against tight ends uh, seemingly all year.
0: All right, there's Chris. Good stuff from him. Let's jump into our retweet army pick of the week. This one comes from Jeff Howell. You guys can find him on Twitter at Jeffrey Howell. He has the best bet in this one. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, betting predators? My name's Jeff Howell. This week's pick, I like the Baltimore Ravens to win
6: straight up, making us plus money. Taking a quick look back to last week, the Ravens held the Tennessee offense, which had been rolling of late to one touchdown for the entire game. Enough said. The Colts, on the other hand, had the Bills down 10-7 with a first and goal. If they go ahead and punch in there, I believe that game probably has a different result. So you look forward to this week. We got a weather game up in Buffalo, and in those type of games, I'll always take the team with the two best running backs on the field, that being J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson, the best defense on the field, Baltimore, clearly, Calais Campbell and Judon up front getting after it, and Humphrey and Peters on the back end ball hawking. And we got last year's most valuable player in Lamar Jackson doing his thing. I believe after his first playoff win last
0: week, he's going to start playing with some confidence and swag and get it done. Good luck, everyone. All right, guys, there's Jeff Howell. He's going to go ahead. He's going to take Baltimore as his best bet. You guys can find him on Twitter at Jeffrey Howell. And if you guys want to go ahead and be a part of the retweet army, uh, feel free to reach out to myself, Chris, Dan, let us know what you guys are thinking. We'll go ahead. We'll read your pick. If you guys can send an audio, we'll go ahead and uh, I'll do a little edit job on that. And we'll put that into our podcast. So, Big love. <clears throat> big thanks to Jeffrey Howell for jumping in on this week's retweet Army Pick of the Week. Let's jump over to Sunday here, guys. we got the Browns at the Chiefs. Chiefs going to be minus 10, total 57 and a half. We have a best bet in this one from the hitman. We also have a best bet from Bernie Frato, but I'm going to start it out here with Uncle Dave first. Uncle Dave, Browns, Chiefs, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, Sleepy, there's a big part of me that wants to take this under- I mean, you just don't see playoff games with totals closer to 60 than 50. And KC could have some rust, but regardless, I don't think they care to embarrass the Browns, assuming they can. Uh, I'm not sure they can, but uh, I'm not reading a ton of the Browns win over a dysfunctional Steelers team that they know all too well. And the Chiefs' run defense isn't super. I mean, we know the Browns can, but it's actually stronger than the Browns' run defense, which tells me, you know, maybe Kansas City goes ground more often than they might otherwise. And, again, especially with a lead in the second half, if that's more than a possession, um, I can see them slowing things down. I mean, they just want to win and move on. And this is a Browns team that gave up a ton of points to the Ravens rushing attack twice. So you might not see the high-flying Chiefs run out of the gate. And With that said, I, I like the under, and you know, it looks like Edward Chalera may play, so you know, that might hurt my theories too much either. But I might see how much further the public can push this up and, and then take the under.
0: All right, so there's Uncle Dave. going to go ahead and take the under in this one. Let's jump over and see what Bernie Frato has to say. Bernie sent me a small little write-up here. He's going to go ahead. He's going to play for his best bet, the Browns, in the first half. He thinks they're going to come out with a lot of energy and rather motivated uh, playing with house money. So Bernie's going to go ahead and play the Browns in the first half. How about you, Hitman? How are you feeling about this Browns-Chiefs game? You have a best bet in this one. What do you got?
2: Well, my best bet is the Chiefs team total over. So, Dave, I'm going to hope that the Chiefs – drop a ton of points on the Browns, and the Browns don't score many, so we both go home as winners. But, um, yeah, for me, the Chiefs off a bye with Mahomes and Reed, that combination together, they've scored 40, 31, 40, 51, and 35 points. So we always hear about, oh, Andy Reed off a bye. Well, since he's had Mahomes as his quarterback, the offenses for the Chiefs have just come out blazing in those in that situation. So we have that. And then we have the Browns' defense. If you take out the three bad weather games that they had this year, and if you remember two of those games, the total crashed over a touchdown. Like it was borderline unplayable for the offenses. And you exclude the turnovers that the Browns' defense is forcing, which some some of that skill but a lot of turnovers forced is a degree of randomness. The Browns rank second worst in the NFL on defense and points per drive allowed. So this this is not a good defense. And the Chiefs have played five teams that rank bottom 10 in that subset, and they scored 32-plus in all five games. And you're going to get the Chiefs in a situation, obviously. It's a playoff game. A lot of people say about Andy Reid that he has an A-plus playbook and then he has the B playbook where he holds stuff back. Well, this is a game where you're obviously gonna get the A plus playbook. And I think that the Browns offense probably they they can put enough pressure on the Chiefs to make them have to score. Obviously the Chiefs are gonna be motivated to get margin. So you know what? Give me the Chiefs team total over thirty-three and a half.
0: All right, so there's the hitman's best bet, gonna play the Chiefs team total. Over to 33-and-a-half. Chris, I'll throw it over to you. Browns, Chiefs, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah, well, the fact that the Chiefs are favored by 10, if Cleveland's going to be facing a negative game script here, we're going to see a lot of passing uh, late in this game from Baker Mayfield. And surprisingly, you know, Baker's a guy that I've been down on for the majority of the year. Sleepy, we talked about him a lot in our preseason uh, fantasy podcast as well, and you know I was fe- fading Baker Mayfield. But you can't deny what he's done over the past uh, you know, seven games, really, He's had 250 plus passing yards in six of his last seven games, guys. He has 14 touchdowns to one interception over that span. I, I did. I was shocked when I when I realized how good he's actually been playing. And when you, and especially when you throw out some of those bad weather games in the middle of the season, plus the fact that he lost OBJ for the year. I think you got to give credit to the second half turnaround for Baker Mayfield here. And the only chance the Browns have to keep this one close is to establish the running game early and often with Nick Chubb. And I think he's the type of guy, I think he's arguably the best pure runner, you know, outside of Derrick Henry with his size in the NFL. So can the Browns do that and exploit the vulnerability of the Chiefs running defense? You know, we'll see if they can for, for you know more than half of this game here. But I I just think it's all set up for Baker Mayfield to need to throw a little bit to be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes in this ballgame here. So I'm going to go towards Baker Mayfield playing the over right now on his passing yards. I would probably play it up to about 260. Right now I'm seeing 259.5 minus 112 on uh, DraftKings there. So uh, see if you can find a a little bit of a better number for there, you know, at your book for that one. But uh, I, I think the Browns offense will play well you know, even though they might be playing from behind. Uh, And then I have Nick Chubb as my number one overall running back in fantasy. I think he gets the best matchup here outside of Cam Akers. And uh, I I just think that even in a game, if the Browns lose by a touchdown or two. It doesn't mean they're just going to abandon the run. So I I like Nick Chubb a lot as well in DFS.
0: All right. Good stuff from Chris on that one. Uh, For me, I think it's tough to probably play the under in this one. I mean, if you take a look at what the Browns have done this season, when they've gotten to shootout type of games, you know, they've performed rather well. They they they've put a lot of points up on the board, uh, you know, when they needed to. And, and as Chris had mentioned, you know, Baker is playing so much better. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, Odell not being out there and, and pressure being on Baker to go ahead and, you know, get these guys to football. It's, you know, I'm going to get it to you if, if I need to get it to you and when I need to get it to you. Uh, but Baker's been certainly playing a lot better. You know, I think a lot of the wise guys are going to end up being sneaky and probably trying to play the Chiefs here. You know, I I guess I have to ask myself the question, you know, when's the last time the Chiefs covered and are they playing their best football right now? And, you know, it's been a long time since they've covered. They're certainly not playing their best football. And I don't know if a bye week does this team any favors. Because if they're not if they're not playing their best football, you know, what are they going to look like off of a bye? I think the Browns, I think a lot of people pretty much ruled them, you know, dead and out, you know, the minute that they ended up having to go up against Pittsburgh, especially on the road. And then for everything to kind of just fall their way, um, you know, typically that that's not something, you know, I like to go up against as a team who, you know, seems to be getting all the bounces. And I think Cleveland got, you know, all the bounces last week. But right now I think this team, if, if, you know, if I'm, if I'm the Browns, I want to play Kansas city. And the fact that I get to go on the road, this is like, you know, one of those prime time, underdog spots where you just get to silence the world and i'm not saying the browns could win this game but i think that they're certainly live but i just think that that's just too many points for you know a chiefs team who's you know quite frankly they're just not playing their greatest football right now and the browns like i had mentioned you know they can play you know they can play that that ground and pound type of game they could they can go out there and play in a shootout type of game i don't i think that team's pretty much built you know to play any way and they're playing good football right now and they you know they have to be motivated and i think another thing you know, if you look at the browns last week i mean they they probably knew you know going into the second quarter that that, that game was over i mean it was 28 nothing and before you know it it was like all right you know the only way they lose this game is if they absolutely fall apart i think they just let off the gas so you know i don't feel like there there's going to be this monster letdown even though it was off pittsburgh had that game been like a nail biter and had gone down you know, to the last possession in the fourth quarter where, you know, maybe they got some miraculous win or, you know, it was a very close game. I can understand the letdown. But, you know, that team wasn't celebrating too hard. And it, I guess, you know, it, it kind of just, you know, kind of just fell their way, um, you know, where, where they didn't have to get super excited. So uh, I think the Browns are going to be able to run in this game. I think they're going to be able to pass. Uh, I think we see one of those shootout type games. But I wouldn't rule out the Browns, um, you know, winning this game either because, you know, the, sometimes these teams, they just get hot. They get hot at the right time. The ball bounces their way. And, you know, we're all, you know, asking ourselves, how the hell did that happen last week? And uh, we might be saying the same thing again. You know, how the hell did that happen this week? And I think a lot of it will have to do with, you know, the Chiefs not just not playing their best football. So uh, I'll take the Browns plus to 10. Um, that's an easy call for me. Let's jump over to Sunday here. We got the Bucks at the Saints. Saints could be minus three. Uh, high total on this one, 52. Hitman, I'll throw it over to you first. Bucks Saints, what are you thinking?
2: Well, oh, stop me if you heard me say this before, but it's another tough game where I really don't have much line value. And it, it, it brings me to my point that I, I wanted to make earlier that you should try your best to avoid betting on all these games, spreads, and totals. I understand that a lot of times it is tempting. To do that because you want action, but th- these lines when you get later in the year they're just they're just pretty efficient. And I would mostly focus on the prop market and try to find inefficiencies in that, which still do exist. And that that's what that's going to lead me to the direction of um, looking at a certain prop, and that's going to be Alvin Kamara over four and a half catches. I'm seeing right now it's juiced pretty high. At DraftKings, it's at minus 150. But Kamara has faced the Bucks eight times in his career. He's went five catches. He's had five catches or more in all eight of those games. Obviously, quite two of them were this season. And Tampa Bay is allowed a league high, six receptions per game, two running backs. Add in the fact that Latavius Murray is looking like he could actually be a true game time decision for the Saints this week, I think that personally, if you don't find any value on the game, which I don't, I I would sit back and I would look at the prop market and Alvin Kamara over receptions would be the market I'd be looking at. All right, so there's a hitman going to go ahead and
0: look at a prop in that one. Uh, I actually think the over is probably a good wager in this one. I mean, if you go back and you look at what the Saints have done against this Bucks team, I mean, they put up, what, 30 in both games. And the Bucs in the what the last like five or six games, um, they've put up like 30, 40 points in a bunch of those games. I think the Buccaneers at least got that offense figured out. I just think there's just way too many weapons, especially with the wide receiver core. You know, you got Kamara, you got Cook, you got Thomas, Brown, Edmonds, Godwin, you know, you got Gronk out there. It's just there's just too much firepower. And, you know, Tampa Bay has has obviously shown that they can't stop the Saints and, and the Saints pretty much figured them out. Um, so I, I think the saints are going to get their points, but I think, you know, the way that that Buccaneers offense has been rolling, um, that the saints are going to look, I don't know. I don't want to say bad, but I think they're going to give up a good amount of points here. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll play the over in this one. Uh, ideally not the number that I want. Hopefully I can find a 51 out there. If I can, uh, I'll make a good size way on that. but a 52 right now for the purpose of our podcast, I'll go ahead. I'll play the Bucks saints over the 52 uncle Dave. Throw it over to you, Bucks and Saints. What are you thinking?
1: Um, I'm going to do the unthinkable and probably bet against Brady. I like the Saints here. You know, there's all this talk about a team beating another team three times being hard, but you know, that's actually a myth because I believe this is the 22nd time that a team has come in having swept and, and, and met him again in the playoffs and 14 of the prior 21, the winning club made it three straight. And, you as a matter of fact, the last time it happened was three years ago when it happened to the Panthers at the hands of the Saints. So, um, you know, I, it's a Bucs team that had that spotlight on them all year. Yeah, it's, I think it's kind of interesting yeah, that both these teams are kind of in a win now or never window, really. Um, but I love the fact that Breeze, Kamara, and Thomas haven't been on the field much all season. You know, I think the Saints kind of know, or at least they think they know, that this is Breeze's last hurrah. So, you know, I do like that. And, yeah, the Bucks have their number one-run defense, but that's not going to help them here because they're allowing a 27th worst pass completion in the NFL. That also supports Hitman's prop. So I actually think it's New Orleans with the better pass defense. So, you know, I don't love laying points, um, but I would either uh, play the – well, I think it's minus three now, hour. You know, I might could be tempted into just playing the money line a little smaller. I just think the Saints find a way to win.
0: All right. So there's Uncle Dave. Going to go ahead and play the Saints in that one. Uh, How about you, Chris? What are you thinking about for that Bucks and Saints game?
3: Yeah, I'm with Hitman on that in terms of the props. I actually would prefer the yardage prop for Kamara, although I think it's more of like a double if you really feel good about that, Uh, especially with the fact that these two defenses are almost identical, in my opinion, because they're very tough against the run, but they have been vulnerable against the pass all season long. And even with guys like Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins on the other side, you know, we've seen, you know, these teams give up a lot of production through the air. So I think Alvin Kamara, especially the fact with Murray being banged up a little bit there, you know, uh, Hitman, you mentioned him getting the over on four and a half catches in all of his career games. He's also had over 35 and a half receiving yards in every single game except for one, which was the last time they played where he had a weird line of like five or six catches for just nine yards. So I think both those plays are viable for Kamara, but the one I actually like the most. Is Alvin Kamara under 60 and a half rushing yards? And you look at the last two times that he played Tampa Bay this year, he had 21 carries combined for 56 yards. So obviously, you know, we don't like to play as much if Murray's completely ruled out for this contest. But if they're both back there and just overall uh, opposing running backs aren't having much success against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers front seven, Kamara's obviously receiving back by trade. So I'm going to look to play the under on his rushing and the over on his receiving, depending on what the best numbers I can get here uh, for this matchup are.
0: All right. Good stuff from Chris on that one. I do have a question before we go ahead and close out the podcast. You know, last week I noticed, you know, that Tennessee had home fans. Uh, the Bills had home fans, but um, I am actually behind on some of my work. And I didn't get a chance to see, you know, if the Packers, Bills, Chiefs, or the Saints are going to have you know, fans in attendance, do we know if like one of those teams or maybe two of those teams are, are going to have like a, a a really good amount of fans? Because I believe that, you know, last week is, you know, with, with fans in the stands, I mean, obviously that makes that makes a big impact, but I just wonder, you know, if this week, if we're going to have, you know, one of these teams or two of these teams, or maybe even all of them, you know, if they're going to have more fans than than what we saw even last week, because I know that there were like six ten thousand 10,000 fans at some of these games, but uh, have you guys heard, you know, is Green Bay going to have a bunch of fans or the Bills or Chiefs or, or Saints?
3: So the first game on Saturday at Lambeau Field, Packers will allow up to 6,000 spectators. That's going to be limited to season ticket holders, frontline health care workers and first responders. Uh, the Bills game is going to be up to 6,700 uh, 6, fans on that game. The Chiefs are actually expected to allow up to 16,000 fans for that game at Arrowhead Stadium. And then the nightcap Sunday night, the Saints are only going to be allowing up to 3,000 fans for that game.
0: All right, cool. That was just something I was just thinking about, and I didn't get a chance to to go ahead and look at that. Uh, but that's it, guys. That's our podcast for this week. Uh, big thanks to Mackenzie Rivers and Jay Smoove, also Dan Rivera, and our retweet army, Jeffrey Howell. You guys can go ahead and find those guys on Twitter. You also can find the hitman on Twitter as well. At Hitman428, Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Esler, Christelle at the Mad Journalist, and you can find myself at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Uh, with that said, that's it. That's it, guys. That's our podcast for the week. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games.